Today is Thursday, October 19th. The title for our devotional is Abundant Life Lived Together. This abundant life that we have discovered in Christ, it must be lived together. This is in the church. Every Christian is called to participate in community with one another. Just as God exists in a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, so we exist in community. How else are we to practice Jesus' commandment to love one another? The last few years, I've been captivated by Jesus' farewell discourse with his disciples. You've likely noticed, as I've referenced it often in this devotional and in my sermons, in the farewell discourse, Jesus says this to his disciples in John 13, 34-35, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Now note the explanatory clause here in verse 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. When we look at the infighting, disunity, and pettiness in the church, it seems clear to me that we're not doing a very good job at living out this command from Jesus. In large part, I think it's because we have tried to love in our own power and abilities instead of abiding in Christ and looking for the Spirit to produce this love in us. Note, Jesus says, As I have loved you. This means that the love that Jesus is calling his disciples to exhibit is uniquely centered in Christ. It is defined by him and what he has done for us on the cross. This is how we are to love one another. And we cannot do this in our own power. We need the Spirit of God to produce this within us. We have also outsourced our evangelism and discipleship strategies away from what Jesus says here and the Spirit of God, what he has formed within us and taught us, to leadership material and conventional wisdom. We have detached from the vine and the core has begun to rot. On the outside, the church still looks vibrant, energetic, flashy, and attractive, but inside there is little love, at least the love that comes from God and is defined by God. And this is my perspective, of course. Reattaching to the vine, surrendering to the Spirit of God, and learning to love one another again is essential to restoring the core of the church. Loving one another like Jesus has loved us is our best evangelism strategy, as Jesus says here in his farewell discourse. It's not necessarily our attractive programming, worship services, or eloquent presentations of the gospel. Those are fine, but they are not the core of our mission from Jesus. To return to the Great Commission, obeying Jesus' commandments and what he has taught us begins with obeying his commandment to love one another. Those other strategies mean little if we aren't living in the first fruit of the abundant life in Christ. Loving one another with this divine love makes the way of Jesus look glorious. Our culture's redefinition of love, I've come to believe, is a sinister, crafty attack from the enemy. Love is defined not by God in our cultural framework, but in the framework of tolerance. And this, that the many in our American Western world have come to believe this, is such a deep-seated attack on the foundations of the Christian faith because God has said that he is love. The general accepted definition of love is entangled in our postmodern ideas of relative truth and morality. If you love me, you'll accept everything I say and do, or everything I believe and do. Of course, this is false, but large swaths of the culture have adopted this definition and so co-opted the idea of love. Therefore, there is little fruit in arguing this fallacy. Now, those who draw no moral lines and make no truth claims to which everyone is beholden are the most loving ones in our world today. 
the Christian concept of love has been flanked in the culture's perspective. For many of the nuns, that is N-O-N-E-S, not N-U-N-S, that is uh, those of you listening to this instead of reading it, obviously you're listening to it because I'm recording it, whatever. Uh, those who claim to be spiritual but have no specific religious affiliation, that's what uh, statisticians mean by nuns. This has become a non-starter with the church. Why would they attend a church when they are experiencing more love, that is as they define it in this misdefined concept of love, in their secular environments than in the church? So they never darken the doorsteps of a church. I'm confident that this concept of love will run its course and prove to be vacuous in the eyes of the larger culture. I don't have much evidence to back that up, just hope. When it does, my prayer is that the church will have the experience, the equity, the fortitude to say, here's what love is. Let me show you Jesus' way of love. We've been doing this for a while. We can only do that if we genuinely love one another and live in it now as an essential part of the abundant life in Christ. Living out love means many things. It means sacrificing for one another, giving without expecting anything in return, showing hospitality to one another, remaining united in the midst of disagreements, interceding for one another, pronouncing blessing over one another, being patient with one another, speaking truth to one another, boasting only in God, etc. The New Testament is full of these types of imperatives because this type of love is so vitally important to our mission. This kind of love is a fruit of the Spirit and only comes from abiding in Christ. Again, we desperately need God to produce this in us. This is how the world will know that we are Jesus' disciples, not by how much we know the Bible, not by our put-together lives, not by big churches and flashy programs. Nope, it's by how we love one another, with the love that is defined, sourced, and given by God. Reflection time today, as I think the integral part of living the abundant life in Christ together, commit afresh to loving one another as Christ has loved us.